Welcome to The Backpack, a podcast from Christ Community Church in Shelbyville, Kentucky. On The Backpack, we want to prepare you for the journey outside where following Jesus meets real life. Hey, welcome to The Backpack. My name is DJ. I'm one of your hosts, and this is another installment of Stories from the Trail. At Christ Community Church, we believe that telling our story is a big way of reflecting on who God is and how he's at work in our lives, the grace that he's shown us through his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, and so we feature stories as part of our worship each Sunday morning. This week, we had some special guests uh, in our service sharing their story. Uh, our friends from God's Appalachian Partnership, Gap Ministries, were in town and talked about what God is doing uh, through their work in McDowell, Kentucky, in the eastern part of the state, and the opportunities that exist there to continue to see the gospel go out and change people's lives. So Let's listen in as Katie Gaither sits down with John and Shaughnessy Morris and Tanya Parker from Gap, and we get to hear their story. I am really glad that you all um, are with us this morning. My name is Katie, and I'm on staff here at Christ Community Church, and I just want to welcome you guys here. Um, It's a gorgeous day. We got to celebrate Easter last weekend, and I'm looking forward um, to what you guys are about to get to hear and who you're about to get to hear from. Um, Last fall, I transitioned from being the community kids director back into um, a community involvement, outreach, and we're coming out of COVID, and I just really felt like we got to go somewhere. Like, we got to, we were coming back to love Shelbyville days and we got to go somewhere but we can't leave the country and we probably still can't leave the state but there's got to be somewhere um, we can join Jesus in what he's doing in Kentucky Um, and so I through a series of events and phone calls was able to connect um, with John and Shaughnessy and Tanya up here um, who serve with a ministry called Gap in Eastern Kentucky And so since August, we have sent a group three times um, to serve with them, and they were gracious enough to get up probably before the sun today and drive drive three hours and come and share with you guys today just about um, just their story and their ministry and what is happening literally just three hours um, east. So I'm going to sit, you guys, I'm going to give you this, sorry. Can you guys, is that reaching everywhere? Okay. So I kind of introduced you all. Um, I just want to start um, with John and Shaughnessy. These two are married, so they they go together. So I'll just... (laughs) Um, And just, I want uh, you guys to just share with with our church, um, how did you all initially get connected with with Gap in Eastern Kentucky? And then in that, when did you feel called full-time to join Jesus where you guys are? So um, when we were first felt led to be minist- to minister, be missionaries in Eastern Kentucky, we had um, we had dated all through high school. We're high school sweethearts, and um, during our college years, we had separated, and we were both feeling led during God separately during that time, led towards missions. And then once we got engaged, um, God was just really calling us. And at that time, we thought it was to foreign missions. And so when we um, We were going to get married. We'd both been away at college. We decided to stay home for a year to get plugged back into our local church. During that time, John was called as as to interim a church that was preparing to close their doors. And within that one year, 
um, just ministering to those where we lived, God really started to open our eyes to see our own people as a mission field. And a lot of the training we had both done separately, um, time in Papua New Guinea, because we were focusing on tribal missions. And so the things that we had learned while we were there, we saw how God was going to use that and could apply that to the mountains of eastern Kentucky. Because, you know, where we live, we call it hollers. Um, and so we would go up in the hollers. And on the way up here, it was kind of fun because we were talking about in the early days when we first felt God calling us to, that air, to our hometown, to our area. Um, we would take up in hollers, and that was the time when the Jesus film had just come out. And we went up into a holler, and on the side of an old, dirty trailer, we showed the Jesus film. And if you've ever been in a holler, it's very narrow. And there were people that came out. I mean, we didn't know what to expect, and there was a large crowd. And they would put their chairs out in the middle of the highway, and then as cars would come, they'd have to move their chairs. And we saw how hungry people were for the gospel, how they desired and had a desire to hear but there were so many people that were unreached in our own area. And then God began transitioning us from that um, church restart in Hazard, where we were born and raised, um, and began leading us toward God's Appalachian Partnership. Um, its beginnings was in 1999 with co-founders from uh, Florida. And those co-founders had moved back to Florida. They were good friends of us. And from the very beginnings of 1999, we were connected with those missionaries and with the founders. We were either on the advisory board or even on the uh, board. Um, I served on that. And so when they moved back, they actually asked me if I would serve as interim. And I said, yeah, I would serve, but I did not want to be there full time. That was not where I was wanting to be. <laughs> and God really began tugging my heart that this is where I needed to be and take this next step. So within the next couple of, of months of serving there as, as interim, God began giving us a passion for the people of Floyd County and for not only Floyd County, but of that region of needing to know Christ. So he transitioned us there in 2013, 2014. We moved as a family to serve there. So the first time I went to Eastern Kentucky was in August. I'm from Louisville, I'm from the city, I don't get out much unless I'm going to Florida. So I literally, driving to Eastern Kentucky, I, it literally, just that three hours, you feel, I felt like I, it is very different um, from Shelby County or for sure Louisville, but even my husband's from a small town in um, western Kentucky, and it just, it, ha it felt different. So can you just give a little snapshot of why that's not just a feeling, it actually the landscape where you all serve is different? Yeah, and I can say this too, like even with all three of us, we've all experienced this, you know, of us called into missions. One of the hardest things is, is that sometimes, um, Seeing our homeland as a mission field was very difficult because we had both felt um, missions was something you do overseas, first of all. Um, um, it's where you go. But not only that, but even our own church family was said, well, you know, when are you going to be real missionaries and go overseas? And even Tanya, when she became a missionary, even people said, well, maybe someday you'll get to go and, and, and be a real missionary. Um, and so it's that real mindset still people think, well, you're not a real missionary because you're serving in your own place, but there's a real need there. Um, and because as she was saying there, Katie was saying, um, the thing here in Eastern Kentucky, you know, poverty exists all over the nation, 
poverty exists here. The thing that is, I've always described it as different is that in most places of the nation, um, there is widespread prosperity with pockets of poverty. However, in, you know, those are usually isolated to like a, um, a, a housing development or to a trailer court. But in Eastern Kentucky, it's a reverse. There is widespread poverty with pockets of prosperity. And it makes that difficult because not only is um, poverty not isolated into areas, but right next door to each other, there is a poverty and then there is a middle class. There's two cultures that are usually separated. They're side by side, and these two cultures are clashing. And so those two cultures are clashing, which makes um, the gospel complex because um, they don't want to go to church together. They can't even stand living beside of each other. And so it makes everything more complex and more difficult. Yeah, so Tanya, I know that you your journey looked a little bit different coming on staff and, and how you, you got to GAP. So if you could just share a little bit about how you joined them and, and found them and um, just kind of share how you got from there to here. Okay. Um, I actually, for the most part of my life, grew up in McDowell, and so I was... Um, used to the area it was what I was familiar with and but when I moved away I swore I would never go back and so um, God started working on mine and my husband's heart we lived in central Kentucky and um, we just knew we were supposed to go back so we uh, packed up uh, three kids and moved back home and through that um, is 2005 so through that process I was expecting these grand things that God was going to do in my life and what we found was, you know, um, life was still hard. We loved Jesus, but life was still hard. And so we ended up um, needing help. And someone told us about this place called Gap. And we went there, I went there, and um, they met needs that I just, we couldn't find a way. My husband was working, good man, and trying to su supply the needs for the family, but we were just short every month. And so I would go in and just like at my appointment, I would pray, God, you know I have no laundry detergent. Lord, you know I have no diapers for my baby. Lord, what am I going to do? And I would walk in and there would be that day laundry detergent or there would be diapers. And it was donation-based, so you never knew what was going to be on the shelf. And so I saw God move mightily through Gap. And I just fell in love with Gap for the, uh, their heart and just those, uh, just seeing what God was doing there. And once I, I was able to start working again, my babies got a little bit older and started going to school. I wanted to volunteer every chance I could at Gap. That was my goal. Um, and I always used to make jokes, when I grow up, I'm going to be a missionary. And so I just never thought that God would do that. Like, I didn't know that that was an option for me. I just um, envisioned a missionary as this, like, I don't know, unreachable, awesome person that I would never be. And so I never even considered it. And then God just kept moving in my heart and in my life. And my, one of my associate pastors, I made that joke. I was like, when I grow up, I'm just, I, I'm going to quit my job and be a missionary. And he looked at me in all seriousness, and he said, you should do that. And it was like the Lord just smacked me over the head with a stick and said, seriously, look at that. And so that day, literally that day from my job, I called John and just started asking questions. What's this look like? What does this mean? And is this something I could really do? And so through prayer and all that, God, and I literally am in my dream job, you know, serving the Lord in Eastern Kentucky at Gap. 
Yeah, I, um, one of the things, one of the questions, kind of one of the blunt questions I asked you guys when we were driving around, and because we've sent a group to help um, with distribution, like she was saying that she used, and setting up the Christmas store and a East, um, the Easter community event. And what my questions to y'all was, where are your local churches that are, that, where are they, where is that? I know the landscape is so spread out, and, and I know um, we had kind of talked about there had been, there were intentional church plants there um, at some point, and then can you just kind of share what, what kind of what happened and just how it looks now? Yeah, so we have local churches there. Um, one of the things that's more complex about this is that um, a lot of the initial church plants in Eastern Kentucky focused upon the middle class. Like within every community, there is a lot of First Baptist churches. So in every little community that you drive in, there's a First Baptist Church of McDowell, First Baptist Church of Garrett, First Baptist Church of Wilwright. And the very, the very target audience of every one of those communities was of the middle class or the upper class audience. The people that we minister to and that we focus to are people that have lower means, the people of poverty. And so um, that people group was never reached or never ministered to. The, the mindset within Southern Baptists or within other, other, um, other groups at the time was if we establish the First Baptist Church or those of the middle class, then after that church was established, then they would go and plant other churches. The problem with that, of that mindset was is that all of those First Baptist churches never really become sustained to themselves. Many of those are bivocational pastors. Many of those um, continue to become very struggling churches, very small, and they were never able to sustain a mission work of themselves. And so we at GAP, our very purpose is to meet people at their point of need so that they may know Christ. And so what we desire and we see, we see many people come to know Christ and we see a great desire, great need for church planning amongst people um, who do not know Christ but who have no place to where they can join into a church, a body of worship. And so church planning looks very different in East Kentucky. Probably a, a church plant more like of a house churches uh, to where that they can just uh, may, may never... Of uh, may never have a building where they can meet in a church to where uh, back in the day where there were circuit preachers, um, there's just a great need of that, um, of there. So there are churches, but um, just not of our families and stuff. Um, we, if you take notes or things, take notes, because my next couple, we're going to close just by asking what their biggest needs are and how we can pray for them. And I really don't just want to say, oh, how can we pray for you? I want you to know that the people sitting in these chairs are actively and intentionally praying for what you guys are doing. Um, and so other than plan a, planning a church, um, I know that is a serious need. What are your biggest needs right now for, for your ministry and for the people that you're serving? And I guess in that, how can we be, we'll be praying for, for that as well, if you all can share a little bit. Everybody get ready. <laughs> um, I would say two of our greatest needs um, is one is um, of staff. Um, there is just the three of us right now, full-time staff. Um, we have a great need for um, more people to answer God's call to come on staff with us and serve. 
um, alongside of us. So that is a great big need for us. The second um, need is um, the Lord is leading, um, is expanding the ministry by greatly. Um, we have been in the same location since um, 1999, and the ones of you all have been there, it is an old coal mining building. Um, many of our families, or not many, but some of our families used to come to that very coal mining place to pick up a payroll check. It was the office of the coal mining, and now they're coming there to get a food box, so it's very humbling. But that building is very limiting for the ministry that we're able to do. We literally serve food out of a hallway. It's not even a, it's not even a wide building. Um, so for Bible studies, for uh, educational classes, for things, it's very limiting. And so we're in the really great need for a new building. Um, that's a great big need for us. Um, God provided a few years ago for us to, to purchase land. We have land, um, but now we're in the process of just building on that property. Um, so that's a huge prayer request um, that we just need God to move in a mighty way to be able to build on that land. Um, those are two things. Do you have anything to add? Okay, I just want to, um, yeah, every, you, we need people. They need people and they need space. And I want to encourage you guys and challenge you. If you um, talk to someone who has been um, to serve with them, because what they are doing and with this, resources they have it is incredible but even more than that it is so easy the way that you guys are organized and set up they really have a heart to where if you say yes and you go serve with them they can tell you exactly what you're going to be doing and they do that so that they can minister to the people and they're not worried about the stuff and getting the things done they are very intentional about talking to the people. When we were at the Easter event and when we served with the food pantry, they weren't just like, oh, hey, here's your box. Like, how's your mom doing? Because I know last time when I saw you, she was going in for surgery. Or they, they are truly giving their lives away. And so I just want to encourage you all, um, pr please pray for them. Um, encourage them. And, and go and serve with them. So I'm just, I'm gonna close this in prayer and I really appreciate you guys being here this morning. Father, thank you um, for this team. Thank you that they said yes to, to serving where they're serving. God, I pray for, for all of us here, Lord, that we would see Shelbyville um, as a mission field, God, that we would see our neighbors um, as someone that we can share the gospel with, Lord. And I pray specifically, um, for Eastern Kentucky, for GAP, God, I pray that you would send people to serve with them, Lord, so that um, they, you are expanding what they're doing, God, and we know that you will provide that. So I pray, um, God, just right now, that as you're um, stirring in people's hearts, Lord, that they, they would say yes, or maybe they know someone that, would, that has been praying about it that can say yes. And so I pray that as they are um, in the logistics of what space looks like and serving God, that you would give them rest, Lord, that you would continue um, to be intentional about changing the lives um, through sharing the gospel with the people there, and that you would um, know, help them know that they are not alone. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, DJ again. Thanks for listening to our story from the trail this week. And as you reflect on it, ask yourself, how is God writing your story right now, right here? What's your next step? 
and how can what you've heard today help you in taking it as you follow Jesus in faith? Whatever it looks like, grab your backpack and we'll see you out on the trail. Thanks for listening to The Backpack, a production of Christ Community Church. The Backpack is hosted by DJ Williams, Daniel Bright, and Josiah Ward. You can learn more about Christ Community Church at loveshelbyville.com.